what's up, New Hope family? Great to see you guys. Thanks for being here this weekend. Hey, my name is Mike, in case you never met before. Man, it's a joy always to get to be with you all, and it's great to see so many of you coming back. And uh, those, those of you that are joining us online, I want to welcome you as well, as well as all of our, our, our campuses. And man, I am so excited about this new series uh, that we're calling Mindset. Uh, there, there was a song several years ago, probably just a one-hit wonder in Top 40, by a group called Sister Hazel. And, and you, I don't know if you know the song or not, but the song was, if you want to be somebody else, if you're tired of fighting battles with yourself, if you want to be somebody else, change your mind. Anybody heard of that song? Now here's, here's the deal. They were right. They were right. You see, the real challenge to you and me ever becoming God's best version of us lies between our ears. If, if you missed last weekend, I'd really encourage you to check it out. I mean, Benji uh, unpacked some really, really helpful stuff. And one of the things we learned last weekend was that how that old uh, King James version of the scripture says, as a person thinketh in their heart, so they are. In other words, the way we live is always a reflection of the way we think. Now, I don't want to oversimplify things, but here's the deal. People who live great lives think great thoughts. Now, when I say that, please know uh, that what we're talking about in this series is not a self-help, power of positive thinking kind of approach. Because we have all learned, right, that self-help is an oxymoron, right? I mean, if, if self could help, we wouldn't need self-help, right? All self can help you do is dig yourself in a great big self-sufficient hole. For us to believe that we're going to change ourselves by our sheer willpower without allowing God to be involved in the process is frustrating and futile. However, we do have a part to play in this transformation. We saw this verse last week from Romans chapter 12. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? You think. Now, I want you to notice God's part and our part. God's part is the transformation. Only he has the power to change a life from the inside out. The Greek word used here for transform is metamorpho. Does that sound familiar to any of you like biology students? Just, it's just like that caterpillar can't change himself into a butterfly on his own strength and power, but he has to surrender to a miraculous process called metamorphosis. So transformation, that's God's part. But my part, your part in this transformation is changing the way we think. So today, I just want to give you two words that have helped me understand how I can proactively cooperate with God throughout this transformation process so he can turn me into his best version of me. And I say these two words a lot to myself. The two words are these, feed and focus, feed and focus. Come on, bro, you got to feed and focus, feed and focus. Let's talk about feed. What you feed your mind will determine the release of your full potential. I mean, NASCAR drivers are very, very careful about what kind of fuel they put in their high-performance race cars. Pilots are very selective about the kind of fuel they put into their jets. Professional athletes are very disciplined about the kind of fuel that goes into their body. Uh, choosy moms choose GIF. But many of us forget that principle when it comes to our minds. Sometimes what we thinketh really stinketh, right? I mean, if, if I am 
feeding my mind pornographic images. It does something to the way I see other people, the way I view relationships, the way I define intimacy. If I'm always like thumbing through magazines or scrolling through my feeds, looking at celebrities and those perfect bodies who live a rich and famous lifestyle, it messes with my contentment factor. It makes me insecure in my own skin and skews my perspective of, of the importance of stuff. If I'm feeding my mind those fantasies from romance novels and movies, it raises my expectations for relationships to an unhealthy and an unrealistic level. If I'm consistently diving deep into the comment sections on Twitter and other social media platforms, or if I'm filling my mind with all the content from all the talking heads on those political opinion shows and podcasts, it can get my eyes off of Jesus and turn me into this opinionated, angry, cynical, even hateful person. My mind and your mind will be shaped by what we feed it. There's just no way of getting around that. And since we are what we think... It's going to be really, really important for all of us during this series to take some time and honestly evaluate what we're currently putting into our mind. Last weekend, Benji encouraged us all to take what he called a thought audit. He said, you need to think about what you think about. And hopefully you took the time this week to start that process and we'll continue that throughout this series. And I think it's so important. Now, back in January, uh, I got a little bit of a wake-up call uh, by uh, doing some blood work. And I, I felt fine, uh, but I got some blood, blood work results back and I had to take a look at my physical health and make, make some changes. And I, I made a list of things. I sat down and wrote down things that I just needed to stop eating. Uh, in fact, when I went to the doctor and she showed me my numbers, I said, well, that number right there, that's Pop-Tarts. <laughs> that one, yeah, that's, that's Cheetos. I know that. that that's, that's that double cheeseburger thing I do, you know. So I just wrote them down like chips, Pop-Tarts, French fries, my grandkids' leftover chicken nuggets, cookies. I wrote it all down on a list. And then Debbie and I intentionally cleaned out the pantry of those things. And I stayed away from all the drive throughs where I knew I could find those things. And all my vital numbers got right. And I feel so much better than I have in a long time. And I don't know, maybe you just need to slow down and intentionally ask God to help you identify some of the unhealthy stuff that you've been feeding your mind. Like, like Benji said last weekend, you cannot defeat what you don't define. So you start by going to God, like the psalmist did in Psalm 139. You say, search me, O God, and just know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I'm asking you to point out anything you see in me that offends you and lead me along a different path, along the path of everlasting life. You ask him, what, what is it that I'm feeding my mind that's leading me toward becoming your best version of me? Or what is it I'm feeding my mind that's taking me the other direction? You come to God and you say, honestly, God, what are some mental habits that I just kind of fall into without even realizing it? Uh, do I gravitate towards selfishness and, and Why? Do I automatically move toward defensiveness? And why? I mean, why am I irritable? Why am I angry? Why am I anxious? Why am I stubborn? Why am I envious? Why am I insecure? Why am I judgmental? Just show me what needs to be cleaned out of the pantry of my mind and point me to some healthy stuff that I can feed my mind with so that I can think great thoughts. Now, one of the significant scriptures that have, has helped shape my thinking 
And it's also given me a list of like healthy mental eating habits. Uh, is this one over in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, of course, those words, true and right and lovely and excellent and praiseworthy, those, that's the main focus here. But I emphasize the word whatever for a specific reason. Because here's what kind of jumped out at me when I was like work, working through this stuff. Did you know that you and I are free to think about whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is pure? And honestly, there's a lot of things in life that fill our mind with good stuff. I mean, maybe you're like me, where a great piece of music can just lift your soul and fill your mind with all kinds of healthy emotion. Or maybe a sunset just might be the loveliest thing you've ever laid your eyes on or holding a newborn may fill your mind with truth and goodness and humility. Or you're reading a great novel or watching a great movie and it moves you to be noble and inspires your mind. I like what Lou Smead says about this. He says, God is so great that he doesn't need to be our only joy. There is an earthly joy a joy of the outer as well as the inner self, the joy of dancing as well as kneeling, the joy of playing as well as praying. What he's doing there is just echoing the words of James chapter one where it says, every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father above who does not change like shifting shadows. Our Father has given us all kinds of good stuff to think about. So you ask God, God, what can I begin to feed my mind with so that I can flourish? Now, have you ever seen The Price is Right? You got to know talk, what I'm talking about? The most exciting hour of television is what they call it. Uh, they got this thing on there called Plinko, where, where they got all these, these dollar amounts at the bottom, like $10 and $50 and $1,000 and $10,000 and on. And the people stand at the top and they drop this disc and it goes through all these little pegs on this pegboard and works its way down and falls into one of those categories. Now, I know this sounds, might sound weird to you, but this is really helped me. I use this verse, Philippians chapter 4, 8, as what I would call thinko. Uh, I just put like true, right, noble, lovely, etc. at the bottom of the thinko board, and I picture dropping my thoughts through that grid of Philippians 4, 8. For instance, I go, okay, is this lovely? Nope. Uh, is this thought noble? Eh, probably not. Is this thought excellent? Not exactly. Is this true? And on and on, I let the Holy Spirit reveal to me in that moment where my thoughts are taking me. I think it's kind of what Benji talked about last week when we saw that scripture said we ought to take every thought captive. You take the thought captive before it takes you captive. And the Holy Spirit will, will help you filter through whatever will positively feed your mind. But I'm just telling you from experience, he will always, always point you to the source of ultimate truth. You see, the truth about God, the truth about us, the truth about life is in this book. It's in God's word. And he will always point you there to feed your mind with this. I like what John Orberg writes. He says, one of the greatest gifts God has given the human race is scripture. Yet we often turn it into a burden. Sometimes people will ask me, how many minutes a day am I supposed to read the Bible? Like seven, 15? What is the minimum I can read and not have God mad at me? Well, that's the wrong question. God's not mad at us for not reading the Bible. No matter how much we read the Bible, he won't love you any more than he loves you right now. The question is, what can you feed your mind with 
so that it can flourish. You see, the reason to read the Bible is not to get extra credit from God or to smoke somebody in a game of Bible Jeopardy. It's to feed your mind great, healthy stuff. It's to plant yourself by the life-giving river and let your mind just get saturated with all kinds of nourishing truth. Psalm 1 talks about people who do that. It says this, they, they, those people, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And here's a freeing thing for you to think about. The job of the tree is not to produce fruit. Its job is to be planted by the river. And as a result, it produces fruit. Plant yourself by the life-giving river and let that nourishment fill your mind. That's why the Apostle Paul writes over Colossians chapter 2. He said, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will actually overflow with thankfulness. The Center for Bible Engagement recently surveyed 40,000 Americans and discovered something they weren't even looking for. People that said they read the Bible one time a week or maybe saw a scripture at church on Sunday, they saw a negligible difference in their life. Their anxiety levels, habits, behaviors didn't change much. Those who read the Bible two times a week also saw just a small difference. Those who read the Bible three times a week, they experienced like a small blip on the radar, kind of like a heartbeat on an EKG. But here's what shocked the researchers. Those who engaged with the Bible four times a week or more there was like a huge jump. I mean, life change just spikes off the chart. They found that reading the Bible, planting yourself by the life-giving river four times a week or more resulted in significant life change, such as feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drops 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. And on the positive proactive side, they found that people that read the Bible four times a week or more began to share their faith more. It jumped 200% because they were gaining so much confidence in who God is. And serving other people jumped 230%. They found joy in living beyond themselves. Gang, it's pretty incredible what happens when we start to eat right. What you feed your mind is a big deal because life gets hard. And when it does, I'm guarantee you, the enemy will be there to whisper, see, God doesn't give a rip about you. You ought to worry. I mean, this pain is never gonna go away. You will always be lonely because nobody loves you because the truth is you're unlovable. And on and on he will go. But if you have been feeding your mind with this truth, you'll be able to recognize the lies before you internalize them. Feed and focus, feed and focus, feed and focus. Let's talk about focus. What you choose to focus on has your attention. And what has your attention has you. Anybody play golf? Any golfers here? So so you know, you ever stood up on a tee box and uh, you, you get on the tee box and you go, okay, man, there's water on the right. There's water on the right. There's water on the right. Man, there's water on the right. Where do you think that ball's gonna go, man? It's gonna go in the water on the right. Any motorcycle riders here? Now, I've heard when you take your motorcycle test, you have to weave between these cones, and the key is not to focus on the cones. It's to focus on the space between the cones, where you're going. Because what, 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 what you focus on has your attention, and what has your attention has you. 
You know, often when we do like series like this, we talk about topics like this, we'll say, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm not gonna think about that. I am not gonna think about that. I am, I am not gonna think about that. While you're telling yourself not to think about that, what are you doing? You're thinking about that, right? I have found that the key is not so much to resist as it is to replace. You have to change your focus. And our mind has that ability to change focus. In your mind, you can choose to move toward gratitude or you can choose to move toward entitlement. You can set your focus on joy and contentment or you can set your focus on dissatisfaction and envy. You really can choose your focus. You guys might have seen this before, the diary of a dog and a cat. It's classic. The dog's diary, 8 a.m., Dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30 a.m., car ride, my favorite thing. 9.40, a walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30, got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. 12 o'clock, milk bones, my favorite thing. One o'clock, played in the yard, my favorite thing. Three o'clock, wag my tail, my favorite thing. Five o'clock, dinner, my favorite thing. Seven o'clock, got to play ball, my favorite thing. Eight o'clock, wow, watch TV with the people, my favorite thing. 11 o'clock, sleeping on the bed, my favorite thing. The Cat's Diary. Day 983 of my captivity. (laughs) My captors continue to daunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. They dine lavishly on fresh meat while the other inmates and I are fed hash or some sort of dried nuggets. Today, I was almost successful in an attempt to assassinate one of my tormentors by weaving around his feet as he was walking. I must try this again tomorrow at the top of the stairs. I mean, you really can choose, right? You can change your focus. You can set your mind. Catherine Wolf has written a book called Suffer Strong and Hope Heals. Uh, Debbie's read both those books, and uh, she gave me a quote the other day. Catherine Wolf suffered a stroke in her 20s. She was 28, had a very, very debilitating stroke. She's this vibrant young woman. But here's the quote that Debbie gave me this week from Catherine Wolf. You can survive anything by redefining everything. You can survive anything by redefining everything. And what she's saying is, you just have to change your focus. Redefine success. Redefine beauty. Redefine strength. Redefine courage. Redefine what the good life is. Redefine your real home. I think that's what what Paul was getting at when he wrote this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, "Since, since it's true that you've been raised with Christ, well, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. When you set your mind only on yourself, when all of your focus is on earthly things, worldly stuff, your circumstances, when you live like this life is all that there is, the inevitable result is worry and anxiety and guilt and envy and unhealthy competition and pride and lust and anger and insecurity and fear and discouragement. But when you set your mind on things above, when you redefine life by setting your focus on eternity, when you fix your thoughts on God's thoughts, all that other stuff, it gets replaced by hope and confidence and humility and love and laughter and security and this unexplainable peace. There's a great verse of scripture in the Old Testament part of the Bible in Isaiah chapter 26, verse three. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. It all comes down to your focus. I was at the beach one day and had a lot on my mind. I was 
kind of stressed out and had some stuff I was trying to figure out. And I started watching Pelicans. You guys ever watch, watch Pelicans dive bomb? And the, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to watch them. And so I'm sitting there watching these guys dive bomb in the water. And I thought to myself, I wonder how successful they are. I wonder what their success rate is. So I did some intense research. I, I Googled it. Uh, and there are, there are people who actually study this stuff. Do you know the success rate for a pelican when they, when they hit the water is about 70%. When they dive down in that water, like they're going like 100 miles an hour and they hit that water. When they come up, if, they, if you see them throw their head back, they, they got a fish. About 70% of the time, they found that they, they're successful. And the fascinating thing is that the higher they climb and then dive, the success rate goes up to almost 90%. So I'm sitting there reading this on Google, and I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me like, bro, you need to climb higher, man. You need to back away from the situation. Just get closer to me and reset your focus. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you need to climb higher too. Maybe you just need to come to God and say, God, I am so distracted right now. My thoughts are all over the place. Keep me focused on your presence in my life today. Help me just to climb higher and back away from this situation and see things the way you, may my thoughts be fixed on you. This refocus thing is a big deal for many of us. Because we spent so many years with our minds fixed on everything but God, didn't we? I mean, a lot of us were like that. Now, the good news is that uh, a lot of us finally saw the emptiness of that kind of existence. And we came to our senses and we came home to God. And when you and I surrendered our life to God and we asked Jesus Christ to forgive our sin and start to lead our life, gang, we were completely forgiven. Our past is the past. Our future is secure. Our identity is a treasured child of God. We are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Amen. However, have any of you discovered besides me that there's not like a delete button in your head? You still have to wrestle with some of those old thoughts, don't you? And why is that? It's because those thoughts have been our focus for so long. They are where your mind has been set for years. I mean, some of those old images that are engraved in our mind are like ugly old wallpaper. You know, it's hard to strip. But we got all these memories of the past plastered there, and all these old patterns of thinking that we learned growing up, and all these patterns of relating to other people, and all these old patterns of re- reacting to, to, to situations. Those just don't automatically go away. That's why the Bible tells us to renew our minds. They've been our focus for so long. Something new has to take place here. I may have told you this before. It's, it's kind of like my brother-in-law's farm. Uh, Dave uh, passed the farm on to his son Casey now, and, but they have, they have a barn where they keep a tractor and they got a field where they keep a lot of cattle. And uh, Dave can get on that tractor, open a, open a barn door, get on the tractor, open the gate. He can sit on that tractor, fire it up and not put his hands on the steering wheel and just go all the way down this path right through the gate into the field. How's he do that? He's been up and down that path so many times. It has worn deep, deep ruts in that path. All he's got to do is get that tractor on the, in those ruts, and it just automatically goes right through that gate. And I don't know, may, maybe you've been developing some ruts over the past five years, 10 years, 30 years. You need new mental ruts. You need new pathways, new patterns of thinking. You need a new focus. I got a buddy named Paul who uh, 
And Caleb gave his life to Christ. Man, he started reading the Bible all the time. You ought to see his Bible. It's so, it's so cool. He's got little post-it note tabs in there where he kind of color-coded things. He's got all these blue tabs, all these yellow tabs, all these orange tabs and green tabs. And I asked him, I said, man, what, what are all those blue tabs? He goes, that's stuff I got to work on. I said, what are the red tabs? That's stuff I got to work on after I get done with the blue tabs. I mean, he's just, <laughs> he is just poured. And, and this guy came to Christ when he was 53 years old. He would show up at church all the time. I mean, like every time we had something going on, he was there. And so I told him, I said, listen, dude, I know you love all this. You don't have to be here all the time. He goes, yes, I do. He goes, bro, I've thought a certain way for 53 years. It's like those ruts you talked about in your, in your, in your brother-in-law's farm path. I have got deep ruts, man. I need to get some new patterns of thinking. So he just poured himself in to God's word and, and being in places like this. So let me just tell you, you're starting in the right spot. Keep coming. Open up God's word. Stay engaged in this series. Do the homework that you're asked to do. Feed your mind with good stuff. Stay connected with the Holy Spirit throughout the day and let him help you play thinko. And he will help you maintain your focus on whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent. It says this in Romans 8 about him. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. It's all about your mindset. People who live great lives think great thoughts. Feed and focus. Feed and focus. Feed and focus. And let him set you free. Free from old baggage. Free from those old ruts and patterns. Free to grow. Free to flourish. Free to change. Free to soar. Free to become God's best version of you. Let's pray. Father, so grateful for your wisdom. Uh, so grateful that you made us in your image. Thank you for giving us free choice because without that free choice, we wouldn't know what love is. And God, we just tell you as we start this series together, we've, we've made some not so good choices and if we think real hard back to, it began with the thought, what we chose to set our mind on, what we chose to put into our, put into our head. Father, we just want to resolve during this series to let your Holy Spirit change us as we cooperate with the way we think. Lord, help us to actually sit down with you and just make a list of stuff we just might need to eliminate from the pantry of our mind and to sit down with you and just ask you to help us through the day to stay focused on what we need to be focused on as we fix our thoughts on you. You just give us this unexplainable peace. Father, I just, I just pray that over the next several weeks that you would transform us as we renew our minds. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life-giving river that it is. Help us to plant ourselves there and grow, and as we grow, you produce fruit in us. Thank you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. And those who agree said, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike. What a great, great word. If, you, um, if you're new here, welcome to Mindset. We started last week. If you missed last week, go 
go check it out as we talked about strongholds and declaring God's word over the strongholds. Remember that? Encourage you to write those out. How's that going for you this week? Keep, keep leaning into that. And then on top of that, what a follow-up today. Feed and focus. Everybody say feed and focus. Feed and focus. One more time, all the campuses. Feed and focus. Feed and focus. We're gonna spend seven weeks on understanding the mind. And I really believe it's going to be a game changer. And we're so glad you're here today. So glad you folks are at the campuses. Love you guys at all of our campus locations. We're going to transition now to a time of offering. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? I'm just wondering. Yeah! Um, I had a party last night and um, had a group of people over to the house and we celebrated my twin boys. Uh, they graduated from the Citadel and the University of South Carolina, as some of you know, and they just turned 22 years of, of age. And as we're there, the, the, the party numbers got to be a little bigger than I wanted to cook for, right? I was gonna, I was gonna cook some stuff first. So I said, forget that, we're catering. And so I catered in a, a local company and the delivery lady came and she was setting up all the food and I went out and connected with her. Just a sweet, sweet spirit. And um, the Holy Spirit prompted me to tell her about you. So I started telling her about New Hope Church. And I invited her to join. And you know how you can tell, if you've ever done this, you can tell if someone is like, like really interested or if they're not interested or they're acting like they're interested but they're not interested. She was genuinely interested and uh, said to me multiple times, I'll be there, I'll be there, and she meant it. And so if you're here today, uh, welcome. The reason I tell you that story, that's why we give to the Lord. We give to the Lord because as we do, we're creating a place for people to come. We're creating a, an environment where folks can show up, be needed and known, hear messages like that and have their lives radically transformed and their minds by the gospel. Amen? So if you are a giver, thank you. Here are all kinds of ways to give. You can, um, you can text these numbers. You can email these numbers. At all of our campuses, we have these big black boxes. You can drop your offering into the black boxes. And we have giving kiosks. Just want to encourage you as we grow this church out of the pandemic. Know that your giving matters. I'm gonna let her remain nameless, but know that your giving matters for folks like that. Your giving matters because right now, as I'm speaking, there are new people at every campus location leaning in to experience the gospel and to have God move in their lives. So thank you. Yeah, I love that you wanna clap and welcome them. Thank you. Luke, Luke 6. 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Say that with me. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God is faithful and that's not some prosperity gospel. Don't go there. God will bless us. He will pressed down, running over. Sometimes it might be finances. Sometimes it might be your joy. Sometimes it might be your legacy. Sometimes it might be your blessings of your children. Sometimes it might be the peace that you have in your heart. I could go on and on and on. But the word says give 
and it will be given unto you. Thank you for sowing into the ministry of this church. We have an incredible opportunity in all of our geographical locations to grow a church back to give glory and honor to Jesus as we reach people for him, teach them the word of the Lord so they can feed and focus and release what? World changers. Father, we love you today. We thank you that we get to give to your church. We don't have to, God. We get to. Thank you that you have blessed this movement. Thank you for all the faithful givers, God. Would you take our tithes? Would you anoint them? Would you multiply them? Would you bless them and continue to create a community where folks experience you? They're needed and they're known. And would you bless the givers? I pray in Jesus' name, amen.